0: Johnny Dollar.
1: Hi there, Johnny. This is Helen Daner. Helen Daner? That's right. I live out here in Morro Bay, California.
0: I am... I see.
1: Insurance with one of the companies you represent, the Greater
0: Southwest Insurance Company. Oh, yeah. I do a lot of work for them. But also, Johnny, do you mind if I call you Johnny? (laughs) Well, no, not at all, Miss Daner. Or is it Mrs.? It's
1: Miss. Or better still, just Helen. As I started to say, I not only have that insurance, but, Johnny, I never miss that radio program of yours where you tell all about those exciting cases you solve. Sometimes I just don't see how you do it.
0: Well, I hope you never find out about the ones I miss out on. But now, Miss Dana. I
1: don't think I've missed a single one of your programs. Good. I'm your most loyal listener, and I think you're wonderful.
0: Well, thanks.
1: And that's why I'm calling you instead of the police about this. Well, look,
0: Miss Dana, I... Oh? Yes. Calling about what?
1: Johnny, if the police weren't able to nab them... Isn't that what you say, nab them?
0: Yeah, sure, but go on.
1: Well, Johnny, these terrible people might suspect that I'm
0: the one who told the police about them. What people, Miss Dana? And if that happened, well, I guess you can just imagine what they might do to me. Well, who are these people you're talking about, and just what is it they're up to? All right,
1: Johnny. Now listen carefully. Yeah.
0: Yes? Miss Dana. Hello. Hello. Hello? Hmm. Oh, come on now, Dollar. Don't be a sucker for a... And yet... Hmm. I wonder.
2: Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Oh, act one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Greater Southwest Insurance Company Home Office, Los Angeles, California. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Big H matter. Expense account item 1275, long distance telephone call to Hollywood 82124. That is to say, the office of Royal J. Harkins, contact man at Greater Southwest Insurance in Los Angeles. It was late in the day, but luckily he was still in his office.
3: Nice to hear from you again, Johnny. What can I do
0: for you? Roy, I'm putting this call on expense account. Oh? Well, but that, I... ain't, well, that ain't all. If I could make connections down to New York... Well, let's see. There's a plane leaving for the West Coast a little after midnight, so I'd arrive in L.A. early in the morning. You coming out here? Unless somebody's been pulling my leg. Roy, do you have a policyholder named Helen Daner?
4: Yes, up we in...
0: certainly do. Well, now, what's that mean? She's an elderly woman, a spinster, who lives up in the little town of Morrow Bay. That's about
4: 200 miles north of here. Johnny, she called this office early this afternoon. She demanded your
0: phone number there in Hartford. And? Well, I didn't give it to her. Why not? Because she wouldn't say why she wanted to get in touch with you. Oh, fuck. And knowing how busy you always are, well... But then, just a few minutes ago, I began to wonder about it. Yes?
4: Well, after all, if she wanted to contact you about some insurance matter... Yeah,
0: Well, did you call her back?
4: Yes, since we handle all her insurance. That is, I tried to, but I I got no
0: answer. Then, Roy, I'm going to grab that plane I was talking about.
4: Well, now, wait. Did she get to you? Did you talk
0: to her? Yes.
4: And it has something to do with her insurance? Plenty.
0: So I'm flying out there, Roy, at your company's expense. Now, just a minute, Unless, of course, you'd rather pay off her insurance to some beneficiary. Johnny! Then just be sure to have a rental car waiting for me when I pull into the airport. Item two, one sixty-two eighty-five plane fare. The big mainliner took off from New York's international airport promptly at twelve thirty a.m. At six thirty Pacific time, I stepped off the plane at L.A. International.
4: Dollar, dollar, over this way.
0: Oh, hi, Roy. I didn't exactly expect you to be here in person this early in the morning.
4: Well, I am. I got a rental car ready and waiting for you out at the curb. Good, good.
0: But listen, you still haven't told me what this is all about,
4: because I'm not too sure myself. But you sounded over the phone as though something's happened to the old
0: lady. Miss Helen Dana, I mean. That's exactly the way I meant it to sound.
4: And since I still haven't been able to get her on the
0: telephone. Well, what? What's happened to her? I don't know. This my car?
4: That's right. Oh, start making some sense, will you? I wish I could. Well, do you actually know that something's happened to Miss Dana?
0: Nope. But if it hasn't, I've got to do everything I can to prevent it. Johnny, prevent what? Royal. I only wish I knew.
3: Johnny! Johnny!
0: Thanks to an excellent highway and light traffic, I made good time through Santa Monica, then Santa Barbara, even past the famous Pismo Beach. It was just afternoon when I pulled into Morro Bay. When I stopped for gas, that's item 3, 420, I looked up Miss Helen Daner's address in the local phone book. It turned out to be a modest little frame house about half a mile south of Morro Rock on the landward side of the bay. It had some nice, well-kept flower beds in front, and at the back I could see a small, rather decrepit dock that stuck out into the bay. A brand new expensive automobile was parked in the street in front of the place. Hardly the kind of car you'd expect a sweet old lady to be driving along. Well, there was only one way to find out. Yeah? Miss Helen Daner?
5: No, I'm Bessie Dana, Helen's sister, and who are you, young man?
0: Johnny Dollar. I'm from Hartford, Connecticut. Is your sister... Oh,
5: yes. I've heard Helen speak of you. You're no friend of hers, aren't you?
0: Well, yes, I guess Won't you, you come in? Well, is she here, Miss Dana?
5: She ought to be back from the market any minute. The uh, market? She hasn't been at all well, you know. That's why I've come to live with her, sort of take care of her. I see. But I did think it was all right to let her walk down to the market this morning. Would you like to come in and wait for her? Which
0: market, Miss Dana? Well,
5: it's the first one down the street. Do you see it? That little supermarket just two blocks away.
0: Oh, yeah, I see. So
5: if you'd like to come in and bring... Uh, No,
0: thanks. I'll pick her up there.
5: Well, but Mr. Dollar... Thank you very much. Mr. Dollar.
0: There was something very funny here, but I wasn't sure just what. Or maybe I'd just fallen for some gag on the part of a fan on my radio program who wanted to see her favorite hero in person. In any event, there was one sure way to find out. from Miss Helen Dana herself. And if she was still at the market... But as it turned out, I got that well-known kick in the face. Why, of course I know Miss Helen Nora well, sir. Then would you please point her out to me? Miss Helen? Miss Helen Daner? That's right. Oh, but she isn't here, sir. Oh. Then perhaps she went to some other store. Most certainly not, sir. What? We deliver everything that she orders to her little house up the street. Well, that still doesn't prove well, anything... Well, you see, Miss Helen hasn't been out of that house for weeks. Hasn't budged. You're... You're sure of that? Why, of course I'm... Why, what's the matter, sir?
2: And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Big H Matter.
0: If old Miss Helen Daner, who telephoned me in Hartford, asked me to come out here to Morro Bay in California... If Miss Daner hadn't budged from her little house in weeks, why had her sister told me she was at the market? Could all this somehow tie in with the people, the terrible people she tried to tell me about on the telephone? I jumped into my car and drove back to the little home on the bay. That's right. Now, where is Helen Daner?
5: Oh, sister came back while you were gone.
0: Came back? Without my seeing her? Now, listen, I was... Yes? Well, the manager of that market said he, she hasn't been out of this house for weeks. What?
5: Oh, you must have gone to the supermarket. Well, where else? And just because she isn't shopping there anymore, Oh, now, look, that... Miss Dainer, you but told won't me... But not you come in? I think she'll be terribly disappointed if you don't. You see, she's told me all about you now.
0: In the couple of minutes I was away from here?
5: An insurance investigator. I think it's awfully thrilling. But now come in and see her. I think she's been kind of expecting you.
0: Yeah. And if you'd like to know what I think, Miss... Good Lord. In the middle of the tiny living room was a heavy oaken armchair. Sitting in it, tied down to it, was a sweet-looking gray-haired lady of maybe 70 or 75... A handkerchief was lashed tightly across her mouth, and the eyes behind her old-fashioned steel-rimmed glasses were filled with tears and a look of utter despair. I swung around to her so-called sister and was struck by two things. She seemed to have suddenly lost about 20 years. Her face wore an unpleasant smirk, and in her right hand was a 38 aimed at me.
5: Don't move, Mr. Dollar. This gun is not only loaded but cocked, and it has a hair trigger. Stand perfectly still because it'll be right in the middle of your back. So, while I take away your gun. All right. Now sit over there in that chair against the wall. You'd better do as I say, Mr. Dollar. Now, we may have to wait a little while, so get one thing straight. Any move, any tricks, and I pull this trigger.
0: Mind telling me what we're waiting for? You'll see. And why you've tied her up that way, that is Helen Daner, isn't it?
5: Why, what's the matter, honey? Getting a little short of breath with that gag in your mouth. Well, then why don't I take it out for you? No, Dollar.
0: Not a single move. Just crossing my legs. Sure.
5: Here now, honey.
3: Don't want you to
0: conk out
3: on it.
5: After all, you may be of some use before we're through with this caper. There
0: you are.
1: Johnny. Johnny, I don't know what... These terrible people, they sneaked in while I was spooning you. Yeah,
0: Helen, I guess that.
1: If only you hadn't come, but I thought you... I thought maybe...
5: They're smugglers, Johnny, of the worst possible kind. You tell them, honey. They'll to
0: kill time while we're waiting for Pete and Dollar. Okay, okay. They're
1: smuggling in narcotics, heroin, from the way down in Mexico.
0: Oh, pretty smart picking a spot as far up the coast as this.
1: If only I'd known when this man Pete asked if he could use my dock. He said it was to tie up his boat at night when he came in from
0: fishing. How did you get on them, Helen?
1: When they saw I turned my lights out so early every night, they thought I was asleep that I wouldn't notice he wasn't taking fish off his boat, but little cans of of heroin. Heroin. Then Bessie here, who can look so sweet when she wants to. Why, Helen, I thought I was pretty sweet. Then (laughs) Bessie would meet him with her car. Why
0: did you know it's heroin?
1: Because they told me they'd use it on me if I don't... if I don't behave myself. Which is a lot better than you'll get, Dollar. And besides, Johnny... Johnny? Yeah, I found a little of it that was spilled on the dock. And I remembered how you described it once when you caught a man bringing in the terrible
5: stuff. Yeah, she's a real smart old biddy, Except when she phoned to you, Dollar, and we caught her at it. We can handle her all right. With a little H in her veins, we can even let the neighbors see her now and then. And with me acting as her sister, taking care of her. Oh, listen, here he comes now from the dock. Just relax, Dollar.
0: Well, well, what a charming little party. <laughs> nice work, Bessie. Dollar, huh? That's right. You want
5: to take care of him, Pete?
0: So you made the mistake of coming out here. Believe me, Mister, it was a mistake.
5: I said, are you going to take care of him? Why,
0: of course, right away. We don't want him lying around here. Which is to say, Dollar, we're going to do something I haven't thought of since the old days in Chicago. You and I are going to take a little ride.
2: Well, act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: Take a
0: little ride, huh? That's right. Chicago style. Exactly, Dollar. Oh, no,
5: Johnny, don't you see what that means? He's going to
0: take
3: All right,
5: all right, honey, just keep out of this. No, I won't. Pete's going to kill him, That's right. Now, shut up! Oh,
0: not just a minute. Sit down. Bessie, be sure you keep the gun on him.
5: Oh, don't worry,
0: Pete.
5: I had a silencer, though. I'd get rid of him here and now.
0: Has it occurred to you, Pete, that I may have left word with them that if I'm not heard from... Now, don't try to be cute, Dollar. Sure it occurred to me. I dismissed it. For the simple reason that you couldn't possibly have had any reason to know what you were getting into out here. So forget it.
5: What are you going to do
0: with him, Pete? Well, whatever it is, we'll have to wait till after dark when this one-horse town closes up for the night.
5: Well, then what?
0: Well, I've got to be sure the dollar's body won't be found oh, until no. I—
5: Shut, Shut up. up!
0: Until we're through with this operation. That means a weeker. Or... Wait, I got it.
5: What, Pete?
0: Up on Cayucas Beach. Cayucas? Yeah, uh, the little town five or six miles north of here. There's a big pile of rocks, a big cave in them. Nobody'd ever think of looking in there. So as soon as— oh, don't What move. are you doing? Just digging out a cigarette. If you don't mind. No, sure, go ahead. But this is one time the condemned man won't enjoy a hearty meal.
3: Johnny,
1: Johnny, isn't there anything to think I got end of I you into this? Told you to lie. shut
3: up! Listen, I told you. Oh, no, you don't.
0: Oh. Uh. Finish him off, Pete. No. No, we'll wait for dark and do it right. I guess he had really slugged me because by the time I fully came to it was night. I was in the back seat of a car driving along the highway beside the ocean. Pete was at the wheel. Beside him leaning over the back of the seat watching me was Bessie and the thirty-eight in her hand was aimed straight at my head. You're sure the old lady won't be able to work herself loose, Bessie? I'm sure.
5: We'd had any sense, Pete. We would have brought her along on this ride, too. But it saved us a lot of trouble late. Oh! So you've woke up, Dollar.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Just stay put in that back seat. Any funny business? I said any funny business.
0: Just... Just trying to dig out a cigarette.
5: Stay back in that seat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She didn't take her eyes off me for a second, or the gun either. As clumsily as possible, I struggled with a pack of cigarettes, rolling and squeezing it, and hoping the tobacco was plenty dry. Then, having apparently failed to pull out a cigarette, I turned the pack upside down over my hand. And yeah, the fine tobacco poured into it. I took a deep breath. What's
5: the matter, darling? You need some help with that. Oh, no! No,
3: my eyes! My eyes! Oh!
0: Instinctively, she dropped the gun, put her hands to her eyes, now filled with tobacco dust. With what little strength I had, I picked up the gun and slammed it against the side of Pete's head. commercial trucker driving one of those big interstate trailer jobs who pulled off the highway to give us a hand. Yes, yeah, somehow those boys are always around when you need them. And he used his head. When he found my credentials in my pocket, he saw the whole picture in a flash. So he hailed down the first police car that came along and turned both Pete and Bessie over to them. Miss Helen Diener? Bless her heart. This spunky little old character was tickled pink to be involved in the whole thing. Yeah, she just can't wait to go to court and testify against those two. Expense account total, including the trip back to Hartford, four forty-seven forty-five. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week? Well, so help me. It's the wildest case I ever got messed up with. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Peggy Weber, Virginia Gregg, Bartlett Robinson, Joseph Kearns, and Russell Thorson. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverley speaking.
0: This
6: is Al Turner at New Britain Mutual.
0: Hi, Al. What goes with you these days?
6: Well, Johnny, one of our important clients is very anxious to get in touch with you. Says that she's an old friend of yours.
0: Oh, who's that?
6: Her name is Mrs. Virginia Haskell.
0: Virginia Haskell? That's right. Uh, sorry, Al, but I'm afraid I never heard of her.
6: Before she got married, about a year ago, her name was Van Doren.
0: Ginny Van Van Doren.
6: Yes. Oh, well,
0: now that's something else again. And I mean something.
6: Well, then you do know her.
0: One of the most delectable bits of feminine pulchritude I ever ran up against. Believe me, a young man's fancy didn't have to wait for spring to turn to thoughts of her.
6: Now, what's that mean?
0: Oh, Al, even I had serious ideas about that gal at one time. Oh? Yeah, right after college. Isn't every kid of that age intrigued by the idea of marrying into a fortune? And very beautiful. At least she was when I knew her.
6: Still is, Johnny.
0: So she's married to somebody by the name of Haskell, huh?
6: Gordon Haskell. They live on Birchbrook Road, down in Bronxville, New York. Funny. What?
0: Well, when I knew her, that blonde charmer didn't have eyes for anybody but Paul Snowden.
6: Who's Paul Snowden?
0: Childhood sweetheart, that sort of thing. Poor boy, making good on his own, you know the bit.
6: Ah, yes. Too proud to marry her because of her money.
0: But she swore that she'd never marry anybody else, that he was her one true love. But I uh, i guess she changed her mind. What did she want to see me about, Al?
6: She didn't say. She did make it clear, however, that it has to do with some of the family insurance.
0: Well, that's as good an excuse as any.
6: Well, then do you want to run on down there?
0: For a longing look at the gorgeous Ginny Van Doren? But it'll cost you money, Al. <laughs> Listen,
6: Johnny... With the premiums we get for all the insurance she carries, life, house, property,
0: and so on, the sky's the limit. Brother, have you stuck your neck out?
3: Well, now, that doesn't mean
6: you have Albert,
0: to... Albert, I'll be in touch.
2: Bob Bailey, in the intriguing adventures of a man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And now, act one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the New Britain Mutual Insurance Company Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Wayward Eris matter. I decided it might be handy to have my own car along for this one. So expense account item one, four dollars and a quarter for a tank full of gas. I picked up the freeway and headed south and west to fashionable Westchester County, New York. To me, Bronxville has always been one of New York's most charming suburbs. Only about twenty miles north of the big city, it's full of beautiful homes with lots of trees and expensive landscape properties. There's a lot of wealth in Bronxville. The Haskell home on Birchbrook Road was a huge English-type affair, built of stone and stucco—the kind of place that'll last hundred years. 18 or 20 rooms, I'd guess, and surrounded by well-kept lawns and flower gardens, oak and sycamore trees, and neatly trimmed hedges. Yep, a big hunk of the Vandoran oil money must have gone into it, unless young Haskell was mighty rich. Virginia, looking every bit as beautiful as I'd remembered her from college back in the Midwest, greeted me like a long-lost, well, brother, darn it.
7: And Johnny, I'm so glad you could come. I'm worried, sick.
0: Worried about what, Jenny?
7: Gordon, my husband.
0: Well, uh, look, it's uh, none of my business, but it uh, kind of surprised me to learn you'd married somebody other than Paul Snowden.
7: It's Paul who has me worried, Johnny. Oh? Yes. How? Well, back in the old days, in college, I wasn't interested in anybody in the world but Paul. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I remember.
0: The rest of us couldn't get to first base with you.
7: I loved him, Johnny. And I hoped that as soon as he could get established in a business of some kind, he'd ask me to marry him.
0: Well, what stopped him, Jenny?
7: Money. When father died and all the Van Doren money came to me, Paul suddenly changed. He stopped seeing me. He even avoided me. So then, well, I guess what I did was make a mistake. What was that? I went to see him at his little plant there in Chicago. Chicago? That's where we were living then. And Johnny, the only reason he stayed there was to be close to me.
0: So you went to see him?
7: Yes. And I proposed to him. Oh? Also. Well, this was the big mistake. I offered to finance the machine tool business that he was trying so hard to build up. But he didn't like that and told me so. I'm afraid there was quite a scene there. You've just been looking
0: down your nose at me all these years. It's been nothing but pity. Oh! Yeah, poor, timid little me. Needs help. Maybe needs mothering by somebody who pities him by somebody who can afford to support oh Paul, him. that isn't true. Then why do you come offering help, offering money? I don't want pity. Somebody holding up my head for me. I've got to work this out alone. It may take me a long time, but I'm not going to... Oh, I'm sorry, Jenny, but don't you see I love you? I'll never love anybody else. Then
7: why don't you let don't me Don't you
0: help? understand? I'll never get anywhere on your charity. You're feeling sorry for me. Paul,
7: oh, darling, please. Oh, all right.
0: All right, the less we see of each other now, the better. Maybe sometime, but... Well, no, not now. Uh, Find somebody else, Jenny. Somebody who can give you the things you need and want. Uh Uh-huh. A little too much pride for his own good, I'd say.
7: It upset me terribly, Johnny. Especially when he told me to go out and find somebody else.
0: But uh, I take it you did.
7: Then Gordon came along. Sort of caught me on the rebound, I guess. Tall, good-looking. He fell in love with me the first time we ever met, I. Guess he kind of swept me off my feet.
0: But now that the honeymoon's over... He's
7: been wonderful to me. And I love Gordon, Johnny. I love him very much.
0: As much as Paul. Not perhaps
7: in the same way. But we're very happy together. And there's never been any strain or tension because of this... this difference in our fortunes.
0: Gordon isn't wealthy either.
7: Well... He hasn't what I have, of
0: course. But he manages to get along.
7: And I'm being a good wife to him. Oh, I'm sure you are, Jenny. And don't you see if Paul, because of his jealousy, (coughs) were to
0: kill Gordon... Jenny, you mean you honestly believe he might?
7: Yes. That's exactly what I mean. That's why I sent for you. But good
0: heavens, gal.
7: Johnny, you've got to stop him.
2: Now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Wayward Heiress Matter.
3: All
0: right, now, Jenny, listen to me. It's
7: true, Johnny, I'm sure of it. Paul Snowden has come here to kill my husband. He's...
0: He's told you as much. Haven't you been listening to me? Well, of course
7: I have. Maybe my marriage to Gordon was on the rebound, on the spur of the moment. Call it anything you like, but it was Paul who turned me down.
0: At least for the time being.
7: I told you what he said.
0: And simply because of a misguided sense of pride, because you had money and he didn't. Yes. Well, how did Paul take it? uh, When he learned that you were going to marry Gordon,
7: I mean. He was terribly angry. He made all sorts of wild threats. Well, now,
0: that doesn't necessarily... He said that
7: he would kill anybody else who married me, and he will, Johnny.
0: Does he know Gordon? He's never seen him. But he wants to kill him? Oh, Ginny, that doesn't make any sense.
7: Don't you understand? It was to get away from Paul that Gordon and I came here to get married and settle down.
0: Or because you were afraid you might still be in love with Paul.
7: It isn't a very nice thing to say, Johnny.
0: But it could be true, couldn't it? Is Gordon in business here in the East?
7: Well, he... I've helped him to start one, Johnny. A little importing business.
0: What did he do before? Jenny?
7: Well, his family had quite a bit of money once. They lost it all in some bad speculations and... Well, if you must know, Gordon just sort of played around for a while.
0: Did Paul know all this? I don't know. Because if he did... Maybe you shouldn't blame the poor, hard-working guy for not liking but him. But Gordon is good, and he's good to me. He's good to you. Seems to me you're the one you who You mustn't
7: is... say that, Johnny. He is good to me. But he's all I have now. If only Paul hadn't found out where we've come to live. Oh,
0: look, Jenny, I'm an insurance investigator, not a love counselor, and... What's the matter?
7: Don't you believe me? All I've told you... Or are you just trying to be very cold-blooded about this? Jenny? All right, then. This happens to be a cold-blooded insurance matter. For the simple reason that Gordon's life is insured. And if you have no heart, if all you can think about is business, all right.
0: It's your job to keep Paul from killing Gordon. Now listen, Ginny, you've been married nearly a year. Nothing's happened, nothing at all. Yet now, all of a sudden... Because
7: Paul has come here, he telephoned me. And there can be only one reason why he's here.
0: I doubt that. But where is he?
7: In New York, at a hotel. What hotel? He didn't say.
0: Well, is he coming out here to the house?
7: He said he wouldn't come until he could be sure that Gordon was here. And then? Then to prepare for the worst. Those were his very words, Johnny. Prepare for the worst.
0: Wasn't Gordon here when he phoned?
7: Yes, but I didn't tell him that.
0: Where's Gordon now?
7: Over in Larchmont at the Beverly Arms.
0: In hiding, in other words.
7: I want him to stay there until something can be done about Paul, that's all.
0: Well, if Paul's so all-fired determined. He
7: is, Johnny. He always was.
0: That could be a pretty admirable quality, Jenny. Of
7: course it is. But when he's determined to do such a horrible. Johnny. Johnny, I don't understand you, the way you're taking all this. Are you going to help me or aren't you?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, Jenny. I'll see what I can do. If by any chance what you suspect is true, if Paul really has come here to get of him, of
7: course he has. Paul doesn't give up no matter what he set out to do.
0: Which is to say that sooner or later, if you'd kept your head, if you hadn't gone off the deep end, if you had waited and married him, Jenny, I,
7: I know I should have. I should have waited for him, no matter how long it took. And
0: yeah, and what?
7: No, Johnny, I didn't mean that. I'm married to Gordon now, and I must protect
0: him. Okay, then. The first thing to do is get him over here. What? Sure. If Paul's staying undercover, it's the only way to bring him out in the open.
7: But if anything happens to Like Gordon... you
0: say, it's my job to see that it doesn't. I'll see you later. Yeah, like I've said many times before, in this business of mine, you run into some real wildies, and this was one of them made me feel like an advice to the Love Shorn column. And it was pretty obvious that Ginny was still in love with Paul, that she was sorry she had married and was supporting this Gordon Haskell, who, incidentally, must have been a smart cookie to have caught her on the rebound, latched onto her and her fortune. But she'd made her bed and, by golly, out of nothing but stubborn pride she was going to lie in it. It was well after dark by the time I left her, and as I walked out to my car, I decided that what I'd better do first was to locate Paul Snowden somewhere in some hotel in New York City. Find out what this whole crazy affair was really all about. But then as I reached for the door handle on my car... Just a minute. Huh? Yeah? I've been waiting for you. Oh? Who are you? As if I couldn't guess. Mister, I found out all about you. Why you came here. Me? Me? If oh, well, you don't believe me, take a look at these photostats from the police files in half a dozen western states. Well, now, just, just take it easy. Let me put on the dash light so I can take a look at them. You'll have plenty of time to look at them when I'm through with you. Or just i <laughs> I'm to kill you! Oh. <sighs> All right, now. You want some more?
7: Johnny! Uh, what on earth's going on out here! Huh? Johnny?
3: What? Johnny! Oh, no.
7: Paul! Paul, what have you done to Johnny Dollar? Johnny! Oh, dear, this is terrible.
0: Oh. Well, it ain't exactly good. That was
7: Paul. I saw him. Yeah,
0: so I figured. He
7: must have found out that I sent for you if I hadn't come out of the house to see what the noise was all about, he might... Don't you see, Johnny? Don't you believe me now when I say he's come here to kill Gordon?
0: Uh, Jenny, I guess if you didn't convince me, Paul has. <laughs>
2: of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
0: I went back into the house with Ginny's help and a good stiff drink plus her tender menstruations brought me back to normal. I suppose I could make all sorts of excuses about having been caught off guard, but I won't. Paul Snowden had a good pair of fists and he knew how to use them. My plan had been to call on the New York City police for help in locating Paul, but now this had suddenly become a personal matter. And yet... Wait a minute. Ginny.
7: Yes, Johnny. Are you feeling... Listen,
0: didn't you tell me that Paul and your husband Gordon didn't know each other, had never met? Yes. What about those papers, the photostats?
7: Papers? And we've
0: been thinking that Paul jumped me because he'd found out you'd called me in to protect Gordon. Of course. Well, it just happens we were wrong. Johnny, I don't understand. Listen, I'll be right back.
7: But Johnny, he may still be out there somewhere.
0: I wouldn't be at all surprised. Well,
7: but Johnny, don't you...
0: I found no sign of Paul or the papers he'd shoved at me. But I was certain that he was still in the neighborhood, waiting. But not for me. I jumped into my car, drove away, then circled around the block, parked, and sneaked into the house the back way.
7: Johnny! I thought it was Gordon coming in this back door. I phoned him that Paul had been here. Yeah? What'd he say? Only that until Paul is taken care of, he'd better get out of town. But, Johnny, that's such a...
0: Oh, great. And yet if he plans on being away for any length of time. Excuse me a minute. Yeah, there was a chance, a bare chance, that this whole thing could come to a head very quickly with a bit of luck. I opened the front door and then called out into the darkness beyond the porch. Paul? Paul Snowden? This is Johnny Dollar. If you're out there, stick around. Now listen, I'm leaving this front door unlocked, so use your own judgment. I went back into the library. Standing there with Ginny was a man, a few years older, slightly gray around the temples. He had a worried, furtive look about his eyes. He was momentarily startled when I walked in on him.
7: Johnny. Gordon, this is Johnny Dollar.
0: Hiya, Gordon.
7: He sneaked in the back way, Johnny. But I'm
0: not staying around to get killed. Now, listen, Virginia.
7: Gordon, it'll be all right
0: now. No, I don't know who Dollar is or why you've called him in. But I'm not staying around here with Paul Snowden gunning for me. You're afraid of him, Gordon? Wouldn't Wouldn't you be? Come on, Virginia. Open up the safe. You've got plenty of money in it, I know. But
7: look, darling, Come on,
0: get it for me, give it to me. But
7: to run away like this...
0: Oh, because Paul wouldn't run away.
7: You know that isn't what I mean.
0: Give me the money, Virginia. Or do you want a dead husband on your hands? Well... Now, listen, Gordon. You listen. This is none of your business. I wouldn't be too sure of that. Well, I am, Virginia. Now, just a minute. Will you keep out of this? No. Oh, yes, you will. You see what I mean?
7: Gordon, that gun... Give
0: me that money so I can save my life. Put that thing down, Gordon. Stand back, Dollar. I'll pull this trigger.
6: Brother, that's what you think. Yes? Yes?
0: afraid he'll live. Yeah, he'll be okay. Should have killed him, I guess. But I'd rather see him face the courts.
7: Paul, oh, what are you talking about?
0: Those photostats you have? Yeah. Police files all over the West. He has a record as long as your arm, under various names. Wealthy women. Married them, took their money. Oh, no. Yes, Jenny. And some of them... Well, he killed them.
7: Paul, I didn't know. I, uh... I didn't know.
0: I'm sorry, Dollar, about what happened outside earlier. But in the darkness, I thought you were Gordon. It's, uh, okay, Paul. You've, uh, more than made up for it.
6: Well, maybe Paul
0: and jenny will finally get together for keeps. I don't know. I don't even know whether I care. I'm just glad I wasn't involved. That is any more than I was. Expense account total, including mileage of my car back to Hartford, a lousy ten bucks. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: Our star will return in just a moment. Now here's our star to tell you about next
0: week's story. Next week, a sweet little old lady involved in one of the dirtiest rackets I know. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Les Tremaine, Sam Edwards, and James McCallion. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: This is Dan Coverly speaking.